charge of this breakout. And so when he asked me to do it with him, I was like, oh, that's great. That he would want his mom to come on. Uh -huh. <laughs> I go on for the ride. I know. This is mom. I don't think it's weird or it's cute or it's sweet or whatever, but I think it's just special. You know, you get to do it with your mom and be able to do it together. And a lot of times you can do ministry, but you can't do it together. And so it's cool that I get to do it with mama. So, but I've been leading groups for like nine years, which is crazy um, since, uh, yeah, graduating. And so uh, we wanted to encourage you and have some fun. So this breakout will not be all just content. There's a lot of content. We'll run through it, but I want to have some fun. So this video just reminded me of what it can be sometimes to lead in community group and what it can even be like to lead myself. Um, it could be a little bit wild, challenging, exciting, if you will. So take a look at, uh, at this. Let's see if this works. Oh. Okay. All right. I think we're... Oh, baby. There we go. Cool. Take a look at this. Yeah. You captains on it, This man right here nope. is my great grandfather. He's the first cat herder in our family. Herding cats. Oh, baby. <laughs> I got this huge one right here. And if you look at his face, this guy's ripped to shreds, you know? I'm living the dream. Living the dream. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't do nothing. Yeah, so a great commercial from like 2000, like the year 2000, right? Well, wonderful. Yeah. If you're to bring a herd into town and you ain't lost to one of them, ain't a feeling like it in the world, right? It's kind of like leading myself. I can't ever get myself to go in the right direction. I'm like, I want to do this. Oh no, I want to do this. I want. I don't want to spend that money. It's gone. You know what I mean? So man, it's like herding cats sometimes leading groups, but it is a blast. So we're gonna we're gonna talk through six questions, and hopefully this helps gives you some clarity. If you're like, man, what am I doing here? Maybe you're here. You're leading a group for the first time. You're looking for some equipped stuff or maybe you're you've been a leader for a long time you're coming back or maybe you're just somebody who is looked and been asked to lead and you're like i don't know what that means i don't know how to do that what does that look like for me so here's the six questions we're going to cover and then if you've got questions after we're going to have a little q a and you guys can bounce questions back and forth and we'll just have a dialogue so first question is what is the dna of northridge groups how's this different from like other groups what does this mean like i've been in a lot of bible studies what what's northridge dna um, and then why do we need why do we need groups? Why do we do groups? What is the goal? Why do we need them? Um, why do we love to lead groups? Why does my mom and I love to lead them? What is why it's special? Why is it different? Why do we do it? Right? Why well, I've been doing it for ten years of my life. What, why? Um, do I qualify to lead? So maybe I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, I'd love to lead, but maybe that's you know, is that me? Is that not me? What does that mean? You know, um, what do leaders do? Like, if I'm going to say yes, or if I'm going to lead this on a weekly basis, how do I do that? What does that mean? And then how do I get started is the last question we'll answer. So those are kind of the questions we're going to run through and then we'll have a Q&A at the end. So first thing we're talking about is the DNA of Northridge Group. So what is the DNA of Northridge Groups? And it is A, B, C, right? That's simple. It's like Sesame Street. Apply the Bible to life, build relationships, and then care for each other. So apply. Apply the Bible. Is that discipleship? Is that, we're not asking you like to have a seminary degree like that but if we aren't applying the bible really what is the point of doing a community group right you have a lot of support groups that you could be involved with that are different but if you, our point is that you need to be looking more like jesus at the end of each trimester and if not it's sort of a fail in our opinion um so we need to be applying the bible and making it different so you know um as far as like we want the information to be to take it in but it needs to be transforming you not just you taking it in so that's part of the bible yeah for sure 
Um, building relationships is number is B. So the point of group is not to just hold a meeting or to have a meeting or to transfer information, but to life transformation, heart transformation. And how that happens is being known by someone. So to build friendships. Um, it's easy to come sit in a row on a Sunday morning, hear a sermon, and walk right out and never know anybody. No one will miss you. No one cares if you're there or not, right? And it feels like you're just one in the crowd. But in a group, you're sitting eye to eye with someone. They know you. You get, you get a relationship. And some of the best, most healthy groups meet together outside of groups. So if they're going bowling together, man, they're tight. You know what I mean? When they're friends outside a group, that is where you really see life change start to transform people's lives. And so it's cool to see people build relationships and be. And last but not least. Care for each other. You know, there's going to be major life events in everybody's life. You're going to have a baby, lose a baby, a parent, a job, you're going to move away, all those different things. And to be able to be involved with um, one another at a more personal level is important to be able to care through that. Both the different situations, you know, whether it's grieving or whether it's congratulating, celebrating, those kinds of things. Um, it makes it better when you can do that with people that are moving in the same direction as you, and that's toward Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Second question we have is, why do we need groups? Right? Like, what, what, what's the role that we, we need them for? First, first reason is cultural conditions. Um, we just live in a really lonely place. People don't have friends. 61% of Americans feel lonely. 65% of Gen Z sometimes or always feel lonely. That's more than half. They're just feeling really, really alone, right? There's no, and COVID has made, made this way worse, right? We all know that. Like, everybody just doesn't have anybody. And so, if you don't have a close family friend, man, 27% of millennials have no close friends. One in four have no close friends. That is just sad, right? That is devastating. And so, groups help meet that need. And the first reason we think we need groups is because of the culture we live in. Second reason we need to do groups here at Northridge. It's a biblical mandate, so obviously if the Bible says that we're trying to do that, we talk about apply the Bible. Well, the Bible is all about um, one another, so it says encourage one another daily. Um, so all of these are one another, serve one another, spur one another on towards loving good deeds, pray for each other, love for each other, carry each other's burdens. Um, so all of that is our way to put that, what the Bible says, into an actual practice, right? You need to read it on a daily basis and be like, oh, that's great. But how do you actually do that? And for me, in my personal life, it has been easier to actually see people's faces on a weekly basis and to know how to encourage them, how to serve them, how to spur one of them. You know, Sunday morning is big, but on Wednesday night or wherever your group meets, um, to see those people's faces and to realize, okay, there are specific ways that I can carry out the commands that... that Jesus wants us, like, it's not like a suggestion, it's like, you have to do these things. It's commanded. Right? <laughs> it's not optional. Right. Yeah, right? So and groups is, yeah, the way we do that. Um, the third reason we do, we need to do groups is for spiritual growth. Um, if you look at, there's a study done, if you go to a group four times a month or more, 40% more likely to read your Bible, you're 28% more likely to pray for others regularly, and you're 25% more likely to confess sin. So we do it for spiritual transformation. So a reason that you go to group is to be transformed. And a reason that you should lead groups is to be transformed. I mean, the biggest thing I've seen is heart transformation in my group. It's so encouraging to see people say, I want to follow Jesus. I'm going to pray for the first time, right? That is so crazy when you're in a prayer group and the guy says, I'm stepping out, I'm going to pray. He, he benches 400 pounds. But he's over here praying for the first time, and you're like, come on, Lord. Like, that was all you. I could never have done this on my own, you know? So that's a huge reason we do groups is because of spiritual transformation. Third question we've got is, why do we love to lead groups? Like, why does Heidi Bixby love to lead groups? So her answer to that is... <laughs> well, part of what Noah just said, I like to see um, God at work, and that part of that is watching spiritual transformation in people's lives. So we talk a lot about the whole part of us seeing other people transform, but um, to me personally, there have been plenty of nights that I have cried my eyes out in my group and had to have um, be comforted and be listened to by other women in my group and given advice. So it's not just a one-way street. We're not just asking you to just pour out and not ever expect anything back because I have gotten a lot more back than I've ever given into my group because you're one person and there's maybe, well, I don't know, seven, eight, ten, however many in your group that are also looking out for you and they know you pretty well by the end of a few weeks or months or however long you're together. And that, that transformation in my life has been pivotal. And then also to be able to watch other people's um, decisions that they make in their lives based on what they're learning in the sermons on Sunday morning or our groups that we're listening to on Sunday or Wednesday nights 
those kind of things. Like they, they make different decisions because of group. You know, like what their what their kids are doing or what their families are doing. To actually say, you know, I was going to do that, but after we've discussed this, I think I'm going to make a different decision. And that has been really rewarding to see God um, model and change their hearts. Yeah, like this summer we had a, a summer group for young adults, and we had probably like 30 young adults in our house all for four weeks this summer. And two of the Your girls, and my house isn't that big. I don't own a house. I don't own a home. Like I'm renting this thing is public. But two of the girls got baptized, and so here's some pictures from the beach of them getting baptized. But man, getting get, watch God at work in your community group is like it's like nitrous for your community group. It's wild. Like God is just on the move, and you're like. When you get to see somebody get baptized and they're bringing cookie cake and they're partying with balloons and they're going crazy for these people, I mean, this is what it's all about, right? And I, that's amazing because, like, it doesn't happen row to row. Like, a baptism isn't celebrated by someone in a bunch of rows very well, you know? But when your community group comes together after and says, let's get brunch and let's just celebrate this baptism, what God's at work doing, oh my word, it's so powerful. And you get to celebrate with each other and say, wow, let's cheer her on as she goes public with her faith. Um, there's nothing like it. So, I mean, it's a massive part of why I lead community groups. Um, another reason is because we get to be the church. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Paul says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it, and we all have a part to play. So, so you might have a gift like hospitality or leadership, and you're like, where does, where, how do I use my hospitality gift, right? Where, you know, maybe you're great at throwing parties. You're just like the party person, right? That's me. I'm like a hype man. I just love throwing parties. I can never figure out where does God want me to use my party throwing ability? You know what I mean? Like, where does that happen? And then I realized I could have a community group and I could throw a party every week. You know what I mean? So, yeah, right in the basement, you know, just make it happen. So, but, um, we, you know, we get to be the church. And so maybe you have a hospitality gift and you're like an amazing baker. You can use that for the glory of God. You know, you can open up your home for the glory of God. And it's like, this is, this whole thing has been unlocked by community groups. So, Getting to be the church is another huge reason why I love leading groups. Third reason? Yeah, see people find their spot, which is similar to what Noah said about being the church. But um, I work at Next, um, and I, I love that job because I love to find see people when they come up and they want to get connected, whether they want to find a group or they want to find a place to serve. And so being able to do that in a community group is even more efficient because you know the people better. So that you know they're like, I my grandchildren moved away and I'm still so lonely. So, you know, the idea of, well, why don't you go hold babies in the nursery, and then that's really fulfilling for them. Or, you know, whether it's greeting, I'm a really friendly person, and maybe you should be a greeter. So it's really great to be able to see people that are in your group find a spot that they really like to serve, and then be able to serve alongside them on Sunday morning, see them and say, hey, you know, it's the two touches a week is even better, because then that connection point is even stronger, and you're more like a family that way. Yeah, people plugging in. It's really cool. Um, the last reason that we love to lead groups is... We get to serve as the hands and feet of Jesus. And in John 13, 14, Jesus said, Since I, your Lord and Savior, have washed your feet, you ought to wash others' feet. And so it's a good place where you get to wash people's feet. And sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's like herding cats. It's like, man, what decision did you make? What prayer request is that out of left field? Like, is that even, like, can I pray for that? You know, like, um, sometimes it's crazy. Um, but, man, it is a chance to serve and to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a dark world and in a dark place. And so um, some of the like rubber meeting the road where it's like the questions that people really have come out in community group. And so if you're thinking about leading, man, I would so encourage you, you will hear some questions and you're like, I didn't even know that that was a question that existed on the face of this planet. But man, I'll, I'll get back to you about that. I'll help you find an answer. So you just get to serve people and love on people. And um, it's such a, such a unique place to have those conversations and discussions. Question number four, do I qualify to lead? Can I do this? What, what do I got to do? Yeah, okay, so you all know like that I'm a pastor's wife, whatever, but you should also know that I am a big hot mess. So I can <laughs> lead a group, you all can do this. I, I you yeah, know, there's no, like I said before, no seminary degree required. And, uh, you know, often I'm running out the door like, shoot, I didn't put the questions out. Come on, we're going to be late. Tell them I'm like, so, you know, <laughs> there are qualifications, but we're not like trying to scare you to act like you have to have it all together because. I got kids that are running loose, and I'm trying to crawl and trying to get youth group, and I'm barely making it half the time. So, and then the, who has the snack list? Did I? Was I supposed to bring snacks? Shoot, we better stop on the way. And I'm like, we don't do that big stuff anymore, right? Don't you all want store bought? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> Separately packaged. Yeah, not, <laughs> you know, get gluten free. Yeah, <laughs> made that mistake once many times. Well, for me, I'm like, no, I don't want to make it. Yeah, right. 
separately packaged Rice Krispies. So, so all that to say that there are some complications, but being a completely together and organized person is not one of them. And based on the idea that I am a group leader and that keep asking me to do it. So, and I am a group leader, we didn't really say this, but I have a group leader of just women right now, so I'm not in a, a co-ed. And so functionally, I serve as a single woman leading a group right now. So um, yeah, so that's not a qualification. You don't have to be married, you don't have to have a partner, anything, so many things. You just could be willing to go and try and do it, basically. But um, all that to say, there are other things that we um, do ask our requirements. Yeah, the so fir first one is a growing relationship with Christ. So we want groups with Christians in them, I think. So we're hoping that you are pursuing Christ. And that doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be all the time, but it has to be a direction, not perfection. So just heading towards Christ. And maybe two years of following Christ is a good baseline or something. But just to say, man, my goal is to make this group a Christian group <laughs> and not you know, a chess club. Um, so you gotta be pursuing Christ, number one. Uh, number two is complete a trimester at Northridge in our groups. And that might be different for everyone, but really what it is is a lot of people have a lot of versions of Bible studies and things they've been a part of, and they bring them to your community group, and they say, this is what community groups should look like. This is what community groups should look like. But if you have been in one for a semester, you kind of catch the vision. You see it's applying the Bible to life rather than teaching the Bible. So there's not really a teacher. You're looking at, okay, what does a sermon mean for me? You know, Rather than, let me teach you what this passage says. How does it apply to my life? Um, and then the third one is a church member. Um, and so there's two kind of separations between, there's apprentice leaders and then there's leaders in our systems. They all have the exact same privileges, coaching, training, resourcing, backup. But the difference is that a leader can lead on their own in a group. Like they could start a group today and lead on their own. But an apprentice leader would have to be paired with a leader. Uh, you know, like a member, a leader, someone who's been a member, that kind of thing. So if you're here and you're not a member, you would land in the apprentice leader category, even though you have all the privileges, all the rights, all the you know support that a normal leader would until you become a member. And our next membership class is in November, so that may be a next step for you, but third is membership. Fourth and fifth? Oh, oh, five. What do you call relationships that you have underneath there? Oh, no. Uh, four is time and space. Oh, I missed it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Back it up. You want me to do it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Time and space is the fourth one, and it would just be attending your group. you got to be there. you got to show up. Right? It's kind of hard to lead a group when there's nobody there to open the door, you know? So... Someone's got to be there, so you got to have a, a night a week to be able to come and show up. Um, another thing is praying for your group. So we're just asking, I mean, if you don't pray for your group, it won't work. Like, it's going to be tough. It won't work. So space to just pray for them and be there for them. Um, and then number five is agreeing to the group leader behaviors. And so there's a, a list of behaviors that we're asking group leaders to set, kind of sign off and say, this is my stance on these topics as well, so that we don't have people leading in different directions and having different doctrinal beliefs that are core to the church. So those are the five kind of requirements of what do, do I qualify? And those are the qualifications. Um, so the next question is, what do group leaders do? How does it look? If I'm a group leader, what do I do? And this is a really, really long list. I'm just going to warn you, you should not be doing all of these things. These are just things that you're helping to happen. So you'll have co-leaders and you'll have Ability, you should be delegating at least. I, I don't even, I barely do any of these. I do number five, and that's about it. But, or, yeah, or organize weekly meetings, right? So maybe it's just, hey, group is at this time at my place. That's, you know, take attendance. We just go online and fill out the app. You could have anyone in your group do that. Um, update the online search profile. So if there's someone who's your age range in your area and wants to know what night a week it meets, where it is, just gotta update that online so they can find it pretty easy. Um, communicate with group members, so we just group text and just say, hey, you know, you're bringing snack or here's, here's a Bible study for this week, whatever it is. Um, praying for your group members, uh, so if you don't pray for your group, it'll die, I'm telling you. I've tried it before. Um, number six, raise up new leaders. So this is just really promoting participation and letting them play a role and getting bought in into what is a group about, how does it work, what do we do, where do we do it. Um, and you'll, you'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Seven is multiply your group. Um, once you get over like 20 people, the introverts kind of start to scale back their participation level. Um, so what we do is we multiply and that's painful and it's hard to see friends go, but it's also so sweet because you get to see meet new people and you get to see the gospel 
advance and you get to see people meet Jesus for the first time. So multiplying group, meeting with your coach. So we have check-ins, which is twice, once a semester. We'll just get coffee with our, with our leaders and say, hey, how's it going? What's going well? What's not going well? How can we help? Are we here for you? You know, and we'll visit the group once a semester as well. And then attend the trainings. You're already here, so you're doing that. But like I would say, um, man, this list is and not... This, you should not. Like, if yeah. I saw this as an RU, I would be, this my first time, be like, ah, oh, can I get out the side? Yeah. <laughs> Where, where's the exit? Yeah. And like Noah said, I don't, I mean, the thing that I, we take seriously, I show up for a group because, you know, you've been there for your leaders and you're like, wait, weren't you leading with me? How come you don't come to group? That's a, that's a very annoying thing. <laughs> so if you're co-leading with somebody, you should show up for the group because it's difficult to do that. But the praying one, that's pretty much the beginning of the I'll tell them, you know, I will commit to pray for you every day. But the rest of it, I have to depend on other people. Like, some of them are great at organizing. Like, they do the sheet or they'll do the snap sheet or, um, so, I mean, really, these things are sort of under your umbrella, but you shouldn't, like, think that you're going to be required to do all these things. Yeah. It's a long list. Yeah. Um... What do leaders do? So we talked about tonight pursuing Christ. We're going to talk about the six leader essentials. And so it's just really behaviors and things that as a leader, if you do, you'll be successful. And it helps you win. Um, so first one is pursuing Christ. And we talked about already John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you're separated from Christ, it's going to be a rough ride leading a group. Um, so we just want to help you like grow in your relationship with Christ and pursue him first, put him first in your life. That is where your groups will grow. And um, yeah, I've never seen a group grow without a leader who's pursuing Christ. So that's the first group leader essential. This is what you're going to do um, to be a group leader. Second. Is um, cultivate relationships. So um, the thing we say around here regularly is that in order to grow spiritually, we need to be connected relationally. So that sounds more daunting than maybe it really is. For, for our group, um, we are all busy people. So autumn, one of that just means a party. So we Come on. Well, a good party. Yeah, we start our semester with a party. We end the semester with a party. Um, we have Christmas parties. And I'm telling you, I'm talking about this. We have a Christmas party every year, like a white elephant one. And there are people that have not, I've not seen in a group in three years. I am not even kidding. <laughs> and they're like, wait, when's the Christmas party? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? No, you're not even on the roster the white elephant. Yeah, I want your junk. Yeah. And so part of me is like, no, if you can't come to a group of once a year, you'll get to come to the party. So we're like, all right, fine, you can come to the party. So, or a picnic, it's not anything. Or sometimes we just go after lunch, you know, after church, and it's like, hey, we're going to I Square, we're going to go to Moe's or whatever and have lunch together. And those times are nice because it's, you know, relaxed. There's not an agenda necessarily, but you're able to chit chat with somebody that maybe you don't get to talk to. Like, Scott has the guys. So some of the guys are connected with the girls in my group, some are married, some are not. But, um, so it's a nice way to be able to get both sides of the group together like that. Um, so we're not like saying you've got to go to like take seminars together, but just that you're trying to make a relationship together is, is important. Yeah, it's like building a family. You know, and as you get to know people, they trust you more and they're more vulnerable. And you want to be friends with them. You don't want to have a stranger leading your community group. You want to have a friend lead it, you know. And so just get to know the people in your group. Third is promoting participation. And this goes back to that making leaders and helping raise up leaders. Um, I got a sneak, this is a trick for you guys. This is a sneak tidbit. I mean, this is gold. If you got nothing else from this breakout, this is the key to leading community groups. So this right here is a community group schedule. And I'm telling you, if you don't put someone on snack, guess who's bringing snack? You are. Yeah, yeah. I've done it before. I said, hey, Paige, who's on snack? Oh, crap, it's me again. You know what I mean? So if you don't make a schedule, then nobody... And here's what I do. Don't do the sign-up sheet where you hand it around and then everyone fills out, like, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm in town that week. I still you know. do that because I'm a conflict avoider. I know you do. I know you do. I know. I just type them in. Just put them down. And then, hey, if you want to switch, switch with whoever you need to switch with. But just put them down and then help them lead, right? Because... Here's what happens yeah. is, is a group is, is your group until it's their group. And so it's your snack to bring until it's their snack to bring, right? And so until I tell you, hey, this, I'm bringing snack to my group. I'm not bringing snack to Ben and Aaron's group this week. I'm bringing snack to my group. I'm facilitating for my group. And so as you push down that, those responsibilities and help people lead, I say just post this in the group chat. And let them figure out which week they're in town or whatever. And I'm, you'd be shocked too. Just encourage them after. Sometimes they'll be like, I'm not sure. Facilitating sounds really daunting. I don't know. I don't know. 
So just tell them, hey, here's the questions, you know, check in with them ahead of time, give them the prepared, so here, here's what it is, you know, just ask these questions. When you hear a long, silent pause, it means it's time to ask another question. You know what I mean? When it's awkward and you're like, oh, it's dead? Okay, then ask another one, you know? And, and then when they get done, it doesn't matter how terrible it was, just say, you did such a great job. You killed it. You know what I mean? Just encourage them, love on them, care for them because they tried something new and they're going to fail at it and you're going to have to love them through that. So. I'm just saying this. And you this, only forget snap once generally because you have such a bad reputation. Oh man, snap, you, yeah. Like, uh, there have been times yeah. I've walked into a group and said to someone, "Do I snap tonight?" And they're like, "Ah," uh, and like, "I oh, will be back." Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> I, gotta go. <laughs> I gotta get snack and bring it back. Yeah. Yeah, maybe back at ten. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not fun. I, when I first started leading, I would be like, "Oh, snack, crap." run to like Walmart in the day old section, you know, and there's like these brownies that have been there for a week, you know, and everyone's like, these things are hard as rocks, you know what I mean? And I thought that like, that I was, it was a like burden to like put snack on other people, but really there's some people who are love making snack and really do it well and like have great, are great at cooking. I am awful at cooking. I can't cook for my life. I Oh, it's terrible. I cook, yeah, I have some awful cooking stories. Don't even, yeah, I don't even get started on those. But I'm telling you, some people love to do this stuff, so let them do it. And then encourage them. Say, oh my word, these blondies? I've never had a blondie like this in my life. You know what I mean? And just go in, you know what I mean? And enjoy their snack because they're helping lead the group. And so as you promote participation, this is the key to just build a schedule out and let them lead the group. You know, don't try to be the one to lead everything. Because it is tough if you're alone. It's, it's not fun leading alone. So let's promote participation. Um, and it helps people own the group. And it helps people start to lead the group instead of relying on you to lead everything. Uh, the next one is... Modeling authenticity. Um, as Craig Rochelle here says, people would always follow, follow a leader who's always real than one who's always right. So I am not an introvert by nature. And I don't have any problem chatting with somebody, but on, on Sunday morning, I'm not going to like spill my guts to the first person I meet, you know? That's yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that's odd. So yeah. <laughs> on Wednesday night, however, I have no trouble sharing things that are hard for me or things that are going well for me. And um, I have found that to be true in a group for other people as well. I remember there was one night where we had a, a discussion about marriage. And somebody was really struggling with their marriage. And it's, people were sort of hem and hawing. And like I said, I was sort of a conflict avoider. But I was like, so I didn't really say anything. I thought, I don't think she's right. I think it's still, I think she's got to stick it out. And I didn't really say anything. And everyone else was like, oh, I think I think you should. You should just you should leave. It's not that you, you're, not, you're not treating you right. They were kind of on her side. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to be the one. So we went home. And I was like, yeah. but on the way, she called me. And she said, listen, I know you'll tell me the truth. And I want to know what you think. And I was like, I think you can. I think you got to stick it out and I think you should do it. And I was like, I'm sorry for not saying it, but I think the Bible doesn't, you don't have any grounds, you got to stick it out. She was like, I knew you would tell me what, what the Bible said and I appreciate that. And they stuck it out and they're happily married and going at it today. So I just am appreciative of the authenticity that you can be real and that, that if you're a real person, other people can get that and they know that they can call you and ask you for things, even if you maybe wouldn't say in group, but they would be able to, willing to talk to you about it on the side. Um, and you have to go first. Like, if people that are, I mean, if they think that, and I don't like being a group of people that have it all together. I don't know if you've ever been in groups where everyone's like, oh, everybody's like, perfect. It's great. Yeah. I have no it's issues. Tough. So I'm like, okay, well, I have issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm sort of over people that are like that. Like, I don't believe you. I think you're not telling the truth. Yeah. So I'm just going to tell you what I think. And yeah. um, so if you're authentic, Within reason, I mean, within reason, I'm not saying, you know. Yeah, but, TMI, but, you know. Yes, yes. those kind of things. Yeah. People often will just open up and share, and you can end up being at a level where you wouldn't get, where if everybody's like, can you pray for my Aunt Sylvia's big toe? Like, yeah. 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 Personally, you cannot pray for a relative unless it's like really significant or severe. No praying for relatives or friends or anything like that. It's probably about you and your own stuff that you got going on. Because we all love your grandma, but you know, that's for another time. So that's our own personal. You don't have to do that in your group. And I think you won't pray for your grandma, that's great. But in our group, it just kind of got on this whole thing. You're like, that's not being authentic. That's praying about somebody else's stuff. And you're not yeah. really sharing what's on your heart. Yeah. I think also like in prayer group, just being like, how can I pray for you this week? You know, or like, how can I keep you accountable? What, what helps you with that? And then asking, okay, then are you going to do that this week? You know, and really just pressing into that, like, 
authentic space where you're asking, really getting to know what is going to help you grow. And then we're going to hold your feet to the fire and ask you to grow with us, yeah. you know, because people won't grow unless you're really saying, hey, how'd you do with that? Did you pray this week? Did you listen well to your wife this week? Did you talk to them about that tough topic that you were dreading? Did you share the gospel to that coworker at work? And then see how they did the next week and just, just lead out with, hey, I'm not perfect. This is an imperfect group, but we want to help you grow. And so we're here to just do that together and we're going to go deeper together. So the last one is, oh, providing care, number five. That's you. So no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. There's that little cliche oh, yeah. that says. Um, and the praying regularly part for them, I do think is so important. If not for any other reason, but for the practical part, that you just forget things that people ask. And I, I hate the guilt that's associated with it. I don't know if you've been there, but on Wednesday night somebody says to me, but we, and I say, oh yeah, I'll pray for that. You have a surgery on Thursday or whatever, yeah. Friday or whatever. I'm like, yep, I'll pray for that. Friday afternoon comes, I'm like, oh. I never did anything about it. Whereas if I'm praying for them Friday morning or Thursday morning or whatever, I'm going to remember, oh yeah, they have that thing come up and I can text them and say, hey, how'd it go? I was thinking of you. But if I am not committed to being in prayer for them, I just totally miss it. I just don't think about them. I'm not the nicer person to be like thinking about the stuff that they talk to me about Wednesday. Sadly, that's who I am. But if I'm praying for them every day, I'm going to remember it and I'm going to be able to have my phone and text them and say, how did it go? Really it goes a long ways, too. Sincerely doing yeah. it. Otherwise, you get there and the, the guilt is strong. Like, oh, I said I prayed for you. I'm like, I didn't do I that. I didn't pray for you. That stinks. Yeah. <laughs> so try to be consistent about praying for Yeah. Yeah, and when people know that you got their back and when you're there for them, it's totally different than if someone who's, you don't know the person on the stage or whatever. I mean, so different when they're in your home and you say, I'm, I care about you. I'm here for you. Text me this week. Call me this week. I got your back. Let's do this together. It makes a world of difference. Um, number six is replace yourself. Um, so replacing yourself is tough, but I think it's not that hard if you start at the beginning of group and say, look, group is not about me. It's not about what I can gain from this group. It's not about you, what you can gain from this group. This group is here for people who don't know Jesus. This group is here for people outside this room. And we're helping to develop a place where people feel close to Jesus. And so let's make it a place where you can invite your friends. Let's make it a place where you can have intentional conversations and where we can go deeper in our relationship with Christ together. So move from like sharing tasks, like you do this, you do this, you do this, to putting other people in a place of influence and saying, for the night, um, Mike is going to hold the clock. And when you get done with, when you get, if you get further than five minutes, you're going to, Mike is going to tell you your time limits up, you know, on whatever. And just giving them responsibility rather than giving them a task of like a check the box kind of thing, you know? So moving it from your group to their group and helping them grow to replace you. And then I, I think this is always challenging too is because sometimes you can get complacent and it's a comfortable group. You're good with the people in it. You love them. But I think it's always challenging to think that someone else stepped out and made a group for you when you didn't have one. And someone else created a new group and said, yeah, we'll be a place that welcomes new people. We'll be a place that's here for you to be your family, to care for you, to hold your hand when it hurts, and to love on you, and to pray with you, and to be um, what Jesus called us to be for one another. Um, and if there's not people like you willing to do that, then there's no more space. You know, we run out of space. So having a new leader is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I know in our young adult groups, I help to coach them. They're full, full. Like, if we don't have leaders who start to say, I'm ready to lead, and I'm willing to go follow Jesus and make a new group, we're going to have groups that the introverts don't feel comfortable in. And so it's so key that we have leaders who follow Jesus in more and better. And so if you're not, if you're not, you know, looking at it from the perspective of God, what can I do in my group to change the world? And I think you, you know, you got to take a step back and reevaluate, like, why am I leading group? You know, and what is it, what is in it? What is in it? You know, long-term, how do I change the world with this? So resources. Oh yeah, so remember I said I'm not like all together. This is a page that you all want to like, if you're like me, this is like the structure, this is the support, this makes it possible for me to personally be a leader. So um, at Northeast Leaders, they've got the all the tips, all the attendance is on there, the database. They're going to send you a little text and ask you to fill out the attendance, that all that all comes automatically, you have to do that yourself, or I, sometimes I tell you this to else, can you get that text to fill it out? Um, email. The Right Now Media has been a really great thing for our group. Um, they've got uh, all kinds of different sermon series. And so what I've done um, after we decided I wanted to do a video series, 
I'll say to the girls, all right, hey, listen, go back this week and then come back with your top two, what you think we want to do for right now, what, going forward, what we want to do. And sometimes they come through and say, hey, we watched the whole series of such and such. I'm like, wow, good for you guys. <laughs> like, they've watched only, we think this is what you do. So it's, it's great for personal growth as well for them. Um, I think Drew's is on there now. Like, it's been in the top ten for a while on one of the right now meetings yeah. of the Israel series. Um, Northridge Beyond is great. They, they do the Beyond boxes. That was it at Christmas time. When did they do that? That was yeah. a great thing for our group. Yeah. And they've got great ideas for you being able to serve. Really great ideas. Um, Northridge Equip, all kinds of articles and different topics that you're maybe wondering about. They're there. The regroup trainings. That's tonight. And then your coach. You all would have a coach, and then you're able to reach them at any point in time. They're going to be able to help you. The group schedule. Noah showed it to you. That thing's the key. Thing's yeah. bomb. You gotta and use and it. Even it's have sick. Else open thing out for It'll you. change you know, your life. Hand to somebody that you look like you're an administrator. Would you be able to Yeah, you fill the schedule. <laughs> yeah, and then I guess the hurting cats video is on there too. Yeah, I know. Bonus. If you ever want to watch that uh, again, that'll change much. your life. I mean, a, a commercial from 2000. It was bomb. Yeah. I think really boilies down. There's a lot of support, and so you're not alone. And we've got your back in terms of a, a church and an organization. And then if you have a question, just email, text. To call your coach, you know, my dad really likes 3 a.m. calls. So if you're, you know, if you're his in his groups, call him 3 a.m. Um, if, you know, if you're in my groups, I, 7 a.m. Or, or, or beyond, it'd be great. But just call, reach out, text, because I think sometimes it can get lost in the weeds of like, oh, there's all of these ideas and there's all of these things to do and lists. And um, I think really just the next step might be how can, you know, talk to your leaders and then talk to your coach and they can point you in the right direction of, this is a good thing to go to, this might not be as helpful. So it's, it's all there for your benefit. The last, oh, I'll let them switch. Last thing is how do I get started? Last question, question number six, and we made it. Um, there's a card that you all got on your seat. And so if you just fill that out um, and you can leave it with me on your way out, we would love to get those cards back tonight and see where you're at in terms of, are you a leader? Are you in a group? Are you looking at co-leading? Are you looking at apprentice leading? Are you looking at starting a new group or leading on your own? Um, and what your next step is. Maybe your next step is membership or filling out an application. Um, so you just put your information on there. We'll text you. If you need a leader application, we'll send it to you. If you want to talk to your group leader, check that box and talk to your group leader this week about how you can help this fall. Um, or you know, if you're looking at Taking the next membership class, you can check that box and take that class. I think it's in November. So the next membership class is in November if you're looking at that or if you have a co-leader who's looking at that. Um, so yeah, all right. The next portion before ice cream is questions, comments, and concerns. So what do we have in the room? And I want to hear some. And I've got a little prize for the first couple questions. So, um, and so grill us, right? Ben, give me your toughest questions. We'd love to hear from you. Oh my word. Mom is a lot more experienced leading groups. So if, yeah, if you got an easy softball, mom would like it. You want me to take that? Yeah. Okay. So we've had we have a couple. We have a group over here. Drew and Sophie are starting this fall, and it's a young adult group. Um, you would be in that realm. What they are doing is leading a group at Surge, which is the young adult conference that's happening next week, and then they're launching it from that people group. And so that people group is a bunch of people who signed up to go to a conference that are in a group. So we put the community groups together for certain small group breakout times at that conference. And if you would, I mean, yeah, if you're interested in doing that, you could totally launch one straight out of there. And I think it's going to work pretty well. You get all their numbers and get in a group text and then just start going from there. Um, another thing would be find a co-leader and try to orchestrate, you know, do you have friends and who do you, would you want in the group? Um, so a lot of times, when I have hived off, I've had a couple people say, hey, I want a new group. I'm looking for a group. I'm not in a group. And then you say, okay, we're going to jump and start a new one. And you use those, the people who've asked you about a community group. You know, um, I met someone in the lobby this morning who's first time in Northridge. His name was Jordan O'Connor. And he's got four kids. And they just came here for their first time. Maybe I'll recommend the lineman group. Yeah. So I'll text them today and say, hey. But that would be a perfect person of like, they just showed up. I met three couples last week. Um, and I've invited to our group, Michael and Anna Builder, my group. Um, so 
it's going to be full, but that would be like a chance to say, oh, we've got three couples here. We could jump and start a new one there. You know what I mean? So that's how I have done. I don't know, Mom. And yeah, no, I think all different ways. Sometimes sometimes there's just a waiting list at church that we've got that where people are, they're going to, they usually send so many emails. I'm like, another one. Okay. I'm going to text them. Yeah. another group person who wants to be in your group. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to text them again. So that generally, we just fill our group that way from what the contacts that Jason sends to us. Yeah. Or sometimes when I'm at next, I'll often be like, well, you can start group if you want, like if you're that kind of thing. So people like, I have a gift for you. This is your your burning caps, burning caps memento. Okay. And I saw Evie's hand go oh, up. No. So here we come. Cat herder number two, Evie, oh. right there on the row. All right. Do those people have to be volunteers to get in the lifeboat? Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man overboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've I've seen it. I've seen it go different directions. Um, where sometimes it splits naturally, like couples and singles, or it'll split age-wise, like older and younger. Or I've seen it split, like in terms of geographic location, like the western and the eastern couple, you know, they'll kind of say, uh, I, I, I don't want to drive 45 minutes to group. So we're going to start a group out here in the west and we're going to keep it here. So sometimes those are lines that people kind of draw in the sand and divide on. For some reason, we left, we just flat out left. Like Scott and I said, we're going to go out and do a whole brand new plant, see ya. Yeah. And left the group attack. <laughs> no, I had to do it. Like left that attack and then we said, you guys, we're going we're gonna to head out. For me, that has been the most successful way of launching a new one is to well, just well, say, yeah, just say, okay, this group is great. It's solid. It's consistent. It's meaning they're, they're killing it. And then saying, guys, all stay as is. Because as soon as you say like, you three, you're going over here and you four, you're, then they're kind of like, I'm not going over there. You know what I mean? Are you kidding me? Like, it's like hurting cats. So I have definitely seen the most success where you just find like a few extra people and you say, hey, we, need, we see a need. We're going to meet a need. Um, our latest group. There was not a young couples without kids, really, group. There was a lot of couples groups, but they all had kids and they needed childcare, and we didn't need childcare. So Paige and I jumped from our young adult group and started a group that was just couples without kids. And so that was kind of what we did. And we left our current group, and it still exists, and it's doing great. Um, but we now lead one with couples. And so... That's always a big question about you. It, it is painful to leave your group sometimes. Well, sometimes it's not painful. Sometimes you're pretty <laughs> <laughs> but, but usually you're sad and it's hard to leave. So um, I, I just want to encourage you when that happens to you. I've never been sorry to have left because you meet new people that you're just really glad that you've been part of their life and you wouldn't miss it if you stay stuck in the same group. And even yeah. if you love the people and the relationships do get deeper sometimes that way. The idea of being able to meet new people and grow that way because of their impact in your life has been really meaningful to me. Yeah, if you're thinking about launching a group, I would say go for it. It stretches your faith. It'll make you pray more. It will make you dependent on God. You will not regret it. I'm telling you, man, you want to do it. Yeah. How do you know how many like trimesters to wait before you decide to split? Like right now, we have over 20 people, but half of them aren't new. So like, yeah. how long do you wait to fill it out before you make that? Like, when do I jump? Yeah, versus sticking. Yeah. So they say they say 18 months or 18 people is, like, what there's, like, a stat out there to say, like, okay, this group has kind of matured or something like that where they've met long enough to become, like, a cohesive group, 18 months or 18 people. But the other thing I think is the main key is leaders. So, like, like I've emphasized, like, if you don't have enough leaders, you can't split. You can't. And that's, the, that's really the cap to a lot of our young adult groups is that our leaders, we only have so many leaders and you can't, I mean, and if you start running one or two leaders in a group, it gets really draggy, it gets monotonous, it gets hard. It's really hard because you're leading alone. And so if you're a single person leading alone or if you're a couple leading alone, it can be really, really draining. Um, and so I always encourage two or four, if you're a single person, two, if you have a couples, two couples. Um, to lead together. So that's been like the cap thing. But if you have four leaders and you're over 20 every week, right. I'd say multiplying makes sense, you know, um, because 
you don't have enough space to go around and pray for every person. Or you'll have to do super group, and you'll be like two prayer groups, like two guys and girls. Yeah, you'll just, and yeah, so I, that's what I've run into. And I love big groups. I love 30 person, you know, like ball, like let's go, like all out craziness. But then the quiet people are like, no, I can't go to your group anymore because it's massive and I can't be hurt, you know, and I'm like, I hear you, I hear you, you know, like, and so then I have to multiply and help create space for them. And so, you know, look out for them. I don't know, Ben and Aaron, you have any thoughts on that or when do you know when to multiply? I mean, I feel like our most successful groups have been like eight. Eight. Really, because that's when you um, feel like you have... You really know those people, and you really pray for those people, and then you have enough time to actually invest in those people. When we've been in groups of like twenty, I'm like, I can't even pray for anyone because <laughs> yeah. I can't pray for all of you. You know what I mean? It feels like emotionally exhausting. Yeah, so that, I feel like that's when I'm most successful. But it is hard from a leadership standpoint because you run out of people who want or need to lead. So yeah. that's the cap. Anyone else? Sorry, I don't have a horse for you. <laughs> this will probably vary depending on groups, members, and the leaders, right? But in general, um, ideally, how long should you wait before introducing like hot button topics for the groups? Oh man! Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You want to take it? I mean, you can. No, you can run with it. I think I think often it depends on the person in your group. Some people really want to bring it up, and they're you're just going to be prepared every week. Somebody's going to have that. They're going to want to be that person that. Hey, so what did you think of that? I'm like, oh. you watched the debate <laughs> last night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, let's not make this. So sometimes you just got to make some things off. Of, like we're not talking about that. Like yeah. this is not something. Did you see what we said? A, B, C. Apply the Bible, girl. Let's care and kind of like, politics yeah. doesn't fit in. All that, then we're not doing it. But yep. if it's you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the people in your group. But I mean, yeah. I'm not saying stay away from it, but if it comes up in the sermon, then you're obviously going to discuss it and it's going to come up. Those things do come up. Yeah. Yeah, I would say maybe also err on the side of conservatism because, to from my perspective, anyways, when you go, I wouldn't, I just don't go divisive. You know, stick, keep unity. Like it's, but above all, prioritize unity, right? Keep the peace. And so if you're trying to, I would just say that would be a verse I would run to first is to say, is this topic going to unify us or is this going to divide us? And so if it's a hot button topic, that's fine. I just would be careful about divisiveness because that is really the problem, I think, with hot button topics. Not whether or not the topic is good or bad or ugly or whatever, but really, is it going to divide your group or is it going to unify your group? And so if you can unify your group, go there. If you're, if you're going to divide it, just be careful because above all, prioritize peace. What's, as a leader, what's your role, since in a sense you're not a pastor at the church, what would be your role in, I don't know the best way to say it, like, leading the group in discussions like that, or even, like, controversial theological discussions that yeah. people, um, you know, predestination, or just things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you, like, as a leader, since in a sense you're not the pastor at the church, right. like, how do you let me get back to you yeah. all those things because you're not required to, don't, don't feel the pressure you. that's not your job to answer every theological topic I mean the theologians can't offer that, answer them all right that's why they keep writing books about it because they're not sure <laughs> they so don't know I don't, I don't feel pressure that that's your job it's not your job to I mean it's your job to maneuver a little bit through it and give them good resources but not to you don't have to answer that I think go back to the practical too say like okay how does this apply to your life? You know, like, how, how can I help you this week? Like, I understand you have this giant theological question, but does this, what does this do to walk out your faith? You know what I mean? Like, bring it back to the practical. Because sometimes that's one of the biggest things when coaching that I've noticed in young adult groups is like, they get to this ivory tower thinking where they're debating theology back and forth, but they're not actually living the gospel that will change their life. Nothing hits their lives. It's like, they can go into a group, they can talk about the Bible like crazy, debate these hot button topics, and then walk away and nothing's changed. And what the goal of group is not information, it's tr heart transformation. And so when you go to a group and you're like, man, 
I'm challenged that this week I'm going to pray for that guy who I met in the elephant in his hot tub. And, his, you know, that embraces, well, literally, I met a guy two days ago in the hot tub at LA Fitness. His name is Mercury. He's, you know, he went, grew up in church, loves church. I've been praying for him every day, but he, I shared the gospel. He met Jesus at 18 and has never been in the church since. But what is going to keep me praying for that guy and meeting people like him rather than, okay, we can debate around and around and around these theological topics and get nowhere and be upset with one another and ticked at each other and make it a big party of, you know, thinking, but I'm just saying, how do we help people live like Jesus lived? Like Jesus didn't debate predestination. He walked with people. He loved people. He prayed for people, right? He shared the gospel. Like that was where it was at. And so. And there's so many resources, so many podcasts that if you want to dive, if your people want to dive deeper in that, so many, so many things are available for that, you know? Yeah. If they, yeah. If they're looking for more information, I would say, you know, be an outlet for that. But I don't know about being like every group just focusing in on like, Okay, now we're going to answer your next, you know, huge theological question, you know. So, like, what neighbor can we rake leaves for? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot tougher question to answer. Everyone's like, oh, I don't know how to draw well. <laughs> my neighbors are doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Super packed, my schedule. Okay, over here. Grandpa Bixby. Yeah, you had a statement. You made it twice. And what did you mean by... I want this group to be a Christian group. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of community groups. You know what I mean? Like you could have a chess club. You could have a pool party. You could have whatever version of a group it is. But when, um, when we're gathering together on a night of the week to discuss applying the Bible to life, building relationships, and caring for each other, the goal is that we're pursuing Christ together. And it's not about how great I can become at the Grand Chess Master or... You know, another community group is, yeah, support group. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like, Celebrate Recovery, you know, Financial Peace. Like, those are all classes that are really good and they teach. But these are more um, applying the Bible to life rather than teaching the a scripture passage or something like that. So does that relate to having unsaved people in your group? Like, there are a lot of churches that have small groups. And they're all, they almost have a position that this is a Christian group. Yeah. Christian club. The Christ pursuing group. So that was why I just, I yeah, yeah. what you mean, and it might, yeah, yeah. It might be helpful to the group. Yeah, yeah. About the fact that there will be very, hopefully, yeah, all of the groups that will be in a lot of people in that kind of embrace yet. So totally. Was that a Christian group? Right, right, right. Um, and they really enjoyed our perspective and wanted to interact with us, but they weren't believers. And so I think you got to be sensitive to that. I mean, the goal of community group is apply the Bible life, build relationships, care and accountability, but you're not going to have it be a Christian club where it's all Christians. Yeah. I mean, some of them are married to people who aren't Christians. You want them bringing them, right? And you're going to share the gospel with them. This group was a place where people who aren't far from Christ can be comfortable and accepted and loved. And I'm hoping that Mercury comes to my community group eventually, you know? I just, you know, you never know, so. Yeah, Christ didn't come for the, he didn't come for the saved. Yeah, right. He came for the lost. Right. Come on, Tim, preach it. Let's go. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, right. Some more okay, yeah, I know. It's getting warm in here. And there's ice cream outside. So, yeah, let's wrap it up. Thanks for coming. Thanks for sharing. It was fun. We appreciate you.